1: Hello listeners and welcome to the latest Arcade Attack podcast it's Adrian here and today I've got a real treat for you I've got a chat with Ian Lee now he's probably best known for his time and I'm a celebrity the 11 o'clock show he's got a really popular radio show on talk radio but he is massively into gaming he's got a really popular twitch channel and he loves the retro scene so guys really enjoy this great chat with a real celebrity legend. got a really special guest on today's Arcade Attack podcast we've got Ian Lee so thank you for your time today Ian. My absolute pleasure thank you very much for asking me what a thrill. Brilliant well obviously you're a big name in TV and radio but some people might not realise that you're so big into your gaming so they might think what's what's Ian doing on this retro gaming podcast so uh, we'll talk about that you know a little bit but you are a serious gamer aren't you?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I am again now after a, a, a break. I, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was really into my video games. I had a Dragon 32 and a BBC Micro, and I was all into that. And, and then I went off gaming a little bit yeah. when I went to college. and But I, I'm, I'm back in. I love it. I've, I'm getting really into the whole retro scene again. Yeah, I seem to be spending most of my 40s buying everything I gave away in my 30s yeah Um, so but yeah no i love i love gaming i'm a proper gamer i I can play games fortnite anyone yeah
1: I can't play that, I can't play Fortnite actually, I can't do that <laughs> I've, I've tried it once, I was terrible That's, leave that I
0: don't like the building, I do like Battle Royale games I've yeah. always liked that kind of lots of people piling in on each other But I just don't get the building, I can't do it So <laughs> I enjoy watching Fortnite with my kids I love watching the kids play it, yeah. the kids listen to me, Grandad um, <laughs> And I do like, I like PUBG
1: and I liked, uh, uh, yeah I like PUBG But uh, but I can't play Fortnite, Save my life <laughs> Me and you both, trust me um, Ian, I'd love to start from the beginning because obviously, you obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you grew up with gaming. It when you're growing up, can you imagine or can you remember your earliest memories and your fondest yeah. consoles? while growing up, I remember I got a few, I
0: got a few kind of earliest memories. The earliest one is we had one of those binatone um, black and white bat and ball kind of things that had various variations on, on a theme, uh, and I remember digging that the first time. The first video game i fell in love with and became addicted to properly addicted to was um was popeye in Uh, the arcade i remember going to spain as a kid and there was this weird it wasn't even an arcade it was like um just some weird bar i remember going there on my own and i was really young and playing popeye and just thinking my god this is this is amazing and just wanting to go back and play it again and again and again and becoming obsessed with it so that's one of my earliest memories the first console i had. I would have been, I guess, maybe nine years old, Hmm. and it was a Dragon 32. Uh I was the only kid in my school, I've got a bid on one on eBay right now, dear (laughs) God. I was the only kid in school to have a Dragon, and I was teased mercilessly and bullied, just as I was a little while later over Betamax. Um, But I loved it. I remember my dad, you know, we were allowed to stay up late one night. My dad brought this, this, this box, and it was this weird sort of green typewriter and you plugged it into the telly and suddenly you could type words on the telly. Now, that sounds like a silly yeah. thing. But back then, whenever it was, I don't know, 82, 81, 82, something like that, that was revolutionary. Yeah. That you could, we had three channels, but suddenly you could control what was seen on your TV screen.
1: Amazing. It's, it is. A, well, I, I remember those times. It was incredible, wasn't it?
0: Oh, it was, it, was, it was astounding. And, you know, we would spend hours typing in games from magazines. Even that was a thrill to eight, nine-year-old me and my slightly older sister would spend hours doing it yeah. to, to, you know, basically get a game that wouldn't work. You'd then have to, to bug check the whole thing, and it probably still wouldn't work. And if it did work, it was crap. <laughs> but it was just exciting. I spent so many hours on that Dragon 32 player. My favourite game was Alcatraz. Uh, which, if you look at it now, it's migraine-inducing, you know, the noise yeah. and the colours and the flashing. But it was um, it was addictive, and I would go into this whole fantasy world. You know, I would make yeah. up this whole backstory that I was actually a you know a prisoner that had to escape from Alcatraz, and I had to tempt the guards to unlock these doors, and I would just get totally lost in it. You know, it was it was it was magic
1: definitely no I agree I, I had a spectrum back then that was my first computer oh, uh, yeah good times definitely good times
0: yeah i mean i was always the poor relation when it came to computer games i had i had a, a dragon 32 and then we got rid of that we sold it to an uncle and i got a, a bbc model b yeah. and you know and i loved it and i still love it but again you know everyone had spectrums and commodores yeah. and I'm I would go around and play on their stuff, mainly spectrums. Actually, I did I, uh, I didn't really. I only got to see Commodores in, when I was it, dumped in WH Smiths or Boots on a Saturday morning. Um, but you know, you go and see a spectrum, and you think, "Oh man, yeah, I want that. I want it, that. It looks, it looks so much cooler." Wow
1: well, yeah, it <laughs> did look pretty cool, I have to say. Um, what did you get after that? Did you get some the old Sagas, Nintendos, or? Oh, nothing. I got nothing. All right. After that.
0: Um, I kind of gave up on gaming and I didn't really play. I did play a bit of probably a Mega Drive
1: hmm.
0: where when we'd go around to a friend's house a bit drunk and play a little bit of Sonic. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but that was it. I kind of gave up on gaming when I went to, to college, you hmm. know, and, and thought better of it. And it wasn't until, and I couldn't even tell you what year, uh, probably 96, 97, someone will correct me, hmm. that... Um, I went to a friend's house and said, what's that, what's that box under the telly? They said, oh, it's a Sega Saturn. Oh, wow. I, I said, what's that? I was so out of the loop. Just games were not a part of my life. Yeah. They said, oh, it's, it's a games machine. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they put, they fired up Wipeout on the Sega Saturn. Oh, yeah. Ah oh, man. It, 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 having not seen games for three or four or five years, I was like, shit, this is insane. Yeah. This the leap. From what I remember to this was incredible. And I played that Saturn all night and, and didn't talk to anyone else. And I just played it and played it and played it. And Wipeout, of course, was obviously, oh, you awesome. know, insanely good. And I was just blown away. And then I spent the next three or four months working out whether to get a Saturn or a PlayStation. i would made so many mistakes mm. in, a, in the great Betamax VHS wars and mm. with, with, with the BBC versus Spectrum and all of that. I was determined to do the right thing. And I would just go into different shops and, and you know, I don't know what to get. And the, the satin was cheaper. Um, but I ended up getting the PlayStation. I made the right decision there. Yeah. Except I bought it. for It's the, the only thing I've ever bought on the Never Never, right, on HP. And right. I bought it for, I don't know, 350 quid or 320 quid, which is a lot of money. I was signing on. I was skinned. Yeah. And it was like however much it was per month. And literally, man, the next week, I went back and they'd reduced it to 199 quid. Oh, Ian yeah, man! <laughs> and I was in debt. And but um, but yeah, the PlayStation was the was was the one man alive.
1: What yeah. a machine. I well, we're massive fans, and hey, we like the Saturn as well. We, one of our main people, Architect Keepy, is a Saturn. That's his favourite console, I'd say. So brilliant! I just bought one. I yeah. just
0: bought one. Um, I bought a Japanese Saturn, and I've just started playing it, and it is. Um, Oh, it's incredible, man! It's incredible. I can see why it got a bit of flack. I can understand that, but it's—I uh, think it's a beautiful machine. Mm. Uh, the games—I've only played a handful of games so far, but no, it's lovely. It's—it's it's kind of the missing link, I think, in the evolution of video games, and it's—it's it's a great console.
1: I agree. It's—it's it's just before 3D, isn't it? It's a two—well, yeah. it's a 2D powerhouse. I—I I like to look at it really. Yeah. Yeah um most of my questions here will be sort of gaming based but I'd, is it all right if we move into your sort of tv career quickly you can ask me anything you want sir and you're a gentleman um i'm i'm genu- i'm generally mean this I, I i was a huge 11 o'clock show fan um i used to watch it r- 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 yeah it was on every night wasn't it uh, during the weekdays and um, three nights a week
0: yeah it was never on at 11 o'clock bizarre it was always <laughs> five minutes before or five minutes <laughs> after and um
1: well, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was a huge fan of it as well. To be yeah, honest, yeah. I'd love to know how you got that break. I mean, were you in TV before that? Was how did you get that massive job? I mean, it's it was a big it's, gig, wasn't it? It was it was huge, and it changed my life, and it, it it turned a
0: lot of things around and made a lot of things better and some things worse. Uh, I was I was uh, right, I trained as an actor, mm. and I couldn't get any acting work. So, um, or one of my cats is about. Are you coming up? Or are you stand down there? What are you doing? All right, go away. Uh, I couldn't get any acting work, so I did a bit of stand-up comedy <clears throat> just to um, get some stage time, and I was okay. I'd have maybe forty percent of the time I'd be really good, and sixty percent of the time I would die, and it was it was never really my thing. And I got an agent who was a dodge pot, and he got me a job on a local radio show in Milton Keynes. I was Ian in Black Thunder. And what that meant was I would drive around in this big black Jeep around Milton Keynes, just doing stunts and stuff. And I, I didn't really like it, but yeah. um, it was a job. And after six months, it was just doing my head in. And so I quit. And the week I quit, that my last week there, someone, someone in the office came in with a fax and said, I've just been sent this fax. It might be something you're interested in, Ian. Have a look. Yeah. And it said, we are um, putting together a new... Topical comedy show for Channel 4 and we're looking to audition everyone yeah. And this fax went out everywhere. It went to radio stations. It went to all the comedy agents It went to for me. It went everywhere. They sent it out everywhere and um, It was literally like the second from last day there and I was like, oh, okay fine. Yeah, this looks good And uh, I was skin. I was depressed. My career was going nowhere and I was I've been up for a few things and haven't got them and I gave this to my agent and he said, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. I don't think you're right for it. And I was <laughs> like, oh, OK. And I kept badgering him, And he said, I don't think you're right for it. I don't think you're right for it. I thought, right, stop that. So I got in touch with them myself. Yeah. And I had an audition. And this was my last throw of the dice, right? I, as I say, I was skint. And I was, I was, um, where was I? I think I might have been staying at my girlfriend's at the time. And if, if I didn't get this, I was going to move back to my mum's. I was going to get a proper job for three or four years, get some money, and reevaluate my life. Mm. And I went for an audition, and we filmed some silly stuff. We filmed me going up and interviewing people in the street, and I kept getting asked back. I kept getting asked back, and eventually I got it. I mean, it's as simple as that. I auditioned, and I kept going back and kept going back, and was waiting for the, well, we don't think you're quite right, but uh, I got it. And, wow. um, you know, it, it, it kind of turned my life around and it was literally the last throw of the dice for me.
1: Well, that's br- I mean, that old age, I'm assuming you've got a new agent now, right?
0: <laughs> oh boy, I've been through a few since
1: then. I've been through a few, but um, yeah, that guy um, that guy made a very big mistake. Wow. Definitely. But who? I mean, have you ever thought where your life would be right now if, if you kind of Took the agent's weird advice on the gym and said, "Fair enough, I'll, I won't look. Go for it." That's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I'd be a primary school teacher now. I'd what? be a primary school teacher. <laughs> is, is is the thing that was kind of that the backup plan yeah. then was was working in props because I've done a couple of yeah, yeah. I've done like a movie and a couple of TV shows working in the props with my dad. Yeah, um, but I couldn't have sustained that. That was too stressful. So I would I would be a,
1: I'd be a primary school teacher now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a teacher by day actually. So <laughs> it's quite. Oh really? What age? Uh, secondary school. So, see, I
0: couldn't do that because yeah. I remember what I was like when I was, you know, 14, 15. I was horrible. I was horrible to other pupils, I've got to be honest. I'm ashamed to say. Also, also teachers, you know, and, and yeah. um, I couldn't stand in front of a group of 15-year-olds and and, and earn their respect.
1: <laughs> anyway, back to the 11 o'clock show. I mean, yeah. I, I loved it. And um, it, it really did. It was the starting block for many people, wasn't it? Famous people. I'm thinking... Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen Ricky Gervais um, you know yourself obviously I mean it it must be incredible working with such talented people and it was the same other people
0: that worked on it that don't get so much credit for it Mackenzie Crook was on there Uh, Ben Ince was one of the writers Charlie Brooker was one of the writers Mm. for a while uh, Jimmy Carr was the warm up guy in the studio Um, it it was huge I mean James Bobin who directed my bits in the street Went on to direct Flight of the Conchords. <laughs> he's directed the last two Muppet movies, you know. So Ian Morris and Damon Beasley, who were two of the producers, they went on to make The Inbetweeners. So it was a huge yeah. talent, you know. And um, I was—I I felt totally out of my depth, man. Totally out of my depth. So this is, this guy. I was this guy who kind of stumbled into this thing. I was—I was a crap stand-up. I was a failed actor. And um, and I look back and I really wasted that opportunity. I could have made so much more of that. I, I was presented so m- many chances, mm. and I didn't take them because I was just terrified. I was sat there waiting for the tap on the shoulder, saying, oh, "I'm really sorry, but we made we made a big mistake hiring you."
1: Wow.
0: Um, so I was in awe of all these people. You know, I, I spent a lot of time with Gervais, and um, he was a powerhouse. You know, you'd, yeah. you'd just be sat in, in, in he'd be sat in your dressing room. And he'd just do a monologue for 30 minutes, and I'd be, in, I'd be on the floor, man, literally on the floor, mm-hmm. laughing at him, you know, and then work with someone like Mackenzie, who was my flatmate, who's kind of a more controlled, refined mm-hmm. artist, and I just think, Jesus, what am I doing with
1: these people? They're
0: incredible.
1: <laughs> uh, very humble answer. I think you, you held your own personally on the show, but... Um... I mean, look, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Detectorists and, and The mm-hmm. Office as well. They, they, they came obviously after, didn't they? Especially The Office, just after, yeah. I think. Um, well, you said you, you had a few opportunities, but you, you knocked them back, like other TV working and stuff. Or
0: yeah, oh god, loads throughout my career, loads. I, when I was doing Rise, a couple of years later, I was offered the chance to host um, How Have I Got News for You, and I turned it down. I turned, it down. I turned it down. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, what? Yeah. What did you turn it down? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a few things like that that I turned down, partly out of arrogance, but but I think the arrogance came from fear, yeah. mainly fear. And um, you know, and I did a couple of panel shows. I did have, uh, no, I did. They think it's all over a couple of times, mm. and they pop up on on cable on cable TV on, on one of you know one of the obscure channels from time to time. They were awful experiences. I hated doing them. I was really? totally out of my depth. I looked terrified. I felt bullied. I felt. I don't know. I don't know that that part of my career. I'm really proud of a lot of it, and mm. it's what it's why I'm still working now. It's why we're talking today. Mm. But
1: um, yeah, I wasted it, man. I wasted it. Wow, well, that's very honest. Um, I mean, how about I mean, he, he said one one job he didn't turn down was Fun Bandits. I mean, you worked on a video game show. How how crazy <laughs> was that? I should have turned that one down. I think. Well, <laughs> yeah. I got that because I did I did a
0: documentary again with James Bobin. Yeah. Uh, who's his, his latest movie is Dora the Explorer? Give us a job, James. Come on, man. Uh, so I did. Th- I did a documentary called Thumb Candy, which was uh, made, I think, in 2000 and 2001, and was the history of video games up up until that point. And I think that we kind of just touched on the
1: Dreamcast and maybe the PS2. Mm. Um, and that
0: we got to interview Nolan Bushnell and uh, Al Acorn who did Pong, and the guy that did Defender, and the guy that did space invaders and the guy that did pac-man and that was a thrill man that was a yeah. thrill it was you know going around the world meeting all these really important people um and then thumb bandits happened partly because i'd done that and i met alex Krotofsky, yeah. who was in bits oh, which I, I was a big fan i was of. a huge fan as well actually yeah i loved bits yeah. you know what's to like there's three hot women talking about video games yeah you know it's, <laughs> it's, it was perfect very late 90s but perfect um, and I said to alex hey we could be great if we worked together one day and she got a, produ- a message to the producer of bits and I got called in and bit that he made the awful decision to get rid of bits uh, and to get me in and pair me up with Alex, and do thumb bandits uh, which was a strange odd experience it was not quite the show that we were told it was going to be yeah but People look back on it with a lot of affection. I get yeah. a lot of people telling me they loved it, and it meant a lot to them. And I, I kind of scratch my head a little bit as to, to why, but I'm, you know, if, if, I'm not going to deny them their nostalgic pleasure. So yeah, people tell me they love it, and I'm I'm thrilled that they did.
1: That's brilliant. I mean, did you get to keep any of the games on on Fun Bandits or the consoles? Was it literally no? I've got to to keep, and then I gave it
0: away. I had a big clear out about ten years ago when we were expecting our first kid, and I gave away everything. No, I was such an idiot. And the coolest thing I got, and I I, I thought I was giving it, they then said it was a lens. And then when they asked, then I got an email six months after the show finished saying, "Ian, we're looking for this console. Do you?" Do you know what happened to it? No, <laughs> I got I gave me a PS2 test. Oh, yes, which meant I could play Japanese games and beaters, and uh, I think burnt discs as well. I don't remember. So that was that was cool. I had a PS2 test. Nice, and, and it was you know, it was beautiful. It said test on it, and um, and I got to keep a, I got to keep. No, I think we had to give the games back. Actually, I yep. think we had to give the games. so I didn't get to keep much from it unfortunately
1: yeah good stuff Um, I think Fun Bandits was one of the last TV video game shows on on the UK at least yeah we killed it. we killed killed (laughs) listen we
0: were told me and Alex were told we asked for it to be like a sort of serious gaming show yeah um the kind of like a, a, a Top Gear for games, right? And we said we wanted humour, but we didn't want sort of the silly humour that they'd been in bits. And we yeah. were told, yeah, absolutely fine. And we had we had ideas like we wanted Matthew Smith, you know, who wrote Manic Miner, obviously, yeah. to to be a games reviewer, and we had stuff like that. And then, yeah, absolutely fine, not a problem at all. And then we got to Glasgow where it was filmed, and. We kept saying, "Right, how's it going with Matthew Smith? Can can we do this? Can we do? This? Yeah, yeah we, we'll get that. Let's just film the first couple of episodes, and then we'll, we'll we'll get your ideas in. We just need to get the first couple of episodes in the can. Yeah. And halfway through the series, we realised we were never. It was it was bits. But with me and with with Alex, you know, it was it was silly, speeded up footage. It was silly sketches that were filler. You know, they weren't actually funny. They weren't really about video games. And it kind of wasn't the show that we, we were told it was going to be. And that was disappointing. Really? And also, we filmed the first five episodes. And then someone from Channel 4 came up to watch them. And went, we don't like the set. The set is not what we agreed on. And we had to re-film the first five episodes. And that Whoa. totally wasted We had, that wasted the whole series budget, building a new set and refilming everything. So... Everything from episode six onwards was, was done on a shoestring. There was no budget, which is why we didn't get a lot of our ideas through. So I found it a very frustrating experience. Fun. Yeah. I loved working with Alex. I'm still in touch with Alex. Yeah. Um, it, it was um, as a bumblebee. He's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. Um, don't chase that, cat. That is going to hurt. Leave me alone. Two very interested young cats now looking at a bee. Um So I found it a frustrating experience, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. But it was awful, and I have a lot of fun,
1: fond memories about it. Um, brilliant. No, I, I look back. It was short-lived, wasn't it? It wasn't around for very long as a show, it's was one it? one series. I yeah. don't know how many episodes there were. I
0: I, I I want to say there were like 24, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. I mean, we Alex, is. so we spoke um, off-air slightly about your Twitch channel, and I was going to ask you about... Uh, why you think there's no TV sh- gaming TV shows on there. So, I mean, this might be a great opportunity to watch Twitch as well. I'm quite new to it, so I'd love to hear a bit more about, about that and what you think's happening right now. Well, my
0: theory – I, I, I stopped pitching gaming shows mm. years and years ago because they were, TV people don't get it. TV people don't get it, yeah. and they go, well, there's no money in it. There's no audience in it. And they go, well, yeah, there probably is if you do it right, if you do kind of a grown-up thing. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen on, on mainstream TV now because of Twitch, because yeah. there are people doing it. I, I mean, I go on Twitch. I do retro gaming on Twitch. Mm. It took me, I was doing Twitch for ages and I, I couldn't work out what my voice was. So I was doing it as an experiment. I'd stream like Apex Legends and I'd get 15 viewers and uh, stuff like that. And, um, and then I finally found my voice. And so my channel, twitch.tv slash Ian Lee, there's the plug. <laughs>
1: um,
0: subscribe now, guys. Is, is retro gaming. So I go on and I play, say, the Saturn Xbox, uh, the original Xbox, N64, BBC, Spectrum, all of that stuff, I play that. And that's getting quite a nice little cult niche audience, which I'm very happy with. Yeah. And I watch other streamers like Limit. I watch Limit, who's just this insane Scottish comedian, although he's, he's so much more than that. I think he's a performance artist, really. Uh, and he's hilarious and he's filthy. By the way, my stream is family friendly, right? There's no swears. <laughs> Yep. Kids can watch it. You can, you can watch it with the kids. Someone like Limmy is the exact opposite. It's filthy, it's raw, it's hilarious, and it's it's wonderful. Um, and I've kind of been flipping around in Twitch, and there is some weird stuff, man. Are you aware of, um, I don't know how to say her name, Amaranth? No, I'm not, I have to but say. Go and watch, I think it's A M O U R A N T H. Go and watch it, right? It's like porn for cowards. <laughs> really? It's this woman in her pants and a vest. And she paints, and then if she gets enough subs, she plays dancing games. Wow. And it's the weirdest, weirdest thing. And I've sat there watching it going, this is strange. There is everything you could want on Twitch. But what really kind of cemented for me that I will never get another gaming show on mainstream TV is that the weekend with my seven and nine-year-old, we watched some of the Fortnite World Cup
1: on Twitch.
0: And it's insanely good. It's a TV show. It's a nine-hour, ten-hour <laughs> TV show. They've got a studio. They've got guests. They've got um, OB. It's incredible. And they treat it like it's a football game, like it's like it's the World Cup of football. Uh, you know, the production values are insane. And it was – I loved watching it. You know, yeah, they yeah. had highlights. And... <laughs> That's the cats chasing the bees. Thank you, <laughs> Locking everything over. Oh no, and they brought in another dead baby Robin. Oh my. <laughs> what a world we live in. What a world we live in. That's that's the the fifth dead baby
1: Robin this week. <laughs> I've got two cats as well, yeah, they they do cause havoc as well, I have to say.
0: <laughs> Incredible scenes. Mucky, <laughs> leave it. Uh, anyway Oh jeez um, So yeah So you, you know Watching Fortnite at World Cup on Twitch it, It's a TV show It's the yeah. TV it's, it's brilliant It's beautiful It's, it's, it's addictive It's fun uh, You can dip in and out it, It's everything That a gaming TV show Should be
1: That's brilliant I mean You, you say you, you mainly Do retro gaming Is there any You said you've got a, a Dreamcast um, yeah. what, What's the most popular What what console, retro consoles Do you love Twitching the most Would you say I don't even that's my
0: term dreamcast is fun dreamcast is a lot of fun that's one of my favorite consoles of all time i think the Dreamcast is it is just it's just shameful how overlooked it is and was i think it's a masterpiece um but then i was playing some specky games Mm. not using an emulator because you're not allowed to use emulators on twitch i was definitely using a zx spectrum um, oh is that and, a proper a proper rule is that sort of un- uh, yeah man so i was really? I, I was definitely using a real spectrum i've got an intricate way of connecting it to my computer <laughs> okay yeah uh, so uh yeah it was uh, spectrum does really well um you know and uh, but also it's just chatting about the this, this stuff and it's not just me hmm. playing games in fact there's very little game playing on my twitch channel we'll chat about life and hmm you know today i had a rat get this man someone vandalized my wing mirror right on my car <laughs> right a wing mirror it's still there it's on there but the motor that kind of closes it when you press the lock button has got it broken yeah 420 pounds to fix it <laughs> for a
1: wing mirror adrian that's terrible isn't it
0: 420 pounds
1: for a wing mirror I think my car's worth uh, <laughs> less than that.
0: <laughs> what, a, what a life! What a world we live in, where that's acceptable.
1: Yeah, that's mad. That is mad. Right?
0: Can I pause you for a second? Because I've got to get rid of this dead robin because she's going to chew it. Can I give me? Can you give me thirty seconds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Thirty seconds. Right. Give me that. Give me that. You little shit! Where is it? Did you, it? <laughs> Did you eat it? Did you eat it? Did you eat it? you eating it? Where is it? You hear that bird screaming out there? That's the bird's mum. That's the bird's mum calling for its baby. You did that. You did that. <laughs> she ate it. Oh, no. It's disgusting. So at, at some point today, I'm going to have to clean up sick, <laughs>
1: sick. Sick. <laughs> You live a rock and roll life, Ian, and tell <laughs> This is this is showbiz. This is show. Do you think Gervais is
0: doing this? I don't think so. Do you think Sasha's doing this? Not a chance.
1: Oh, yeah, hundred yeah. um, percent. I'll definitely put your Twitch channel in the show notes uh, and tweet it out and stuff. But I, I'm going to sign up. I've just um, it's something I'm, I'm going to look into getting, uh, maybe getting involved in. Actually, so that's it brilliant. It's fun. It's easy to set up, yeah. and it's, it's quite addictive. Good stuff. Um, I'm a celebrity. I mean, that is it. My, my wife and the family, we watch it religiously every year. It's, uh, it's, it's a staple in our, in our house, I have to say. I don't, watch, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but we do watch that one. How on earth did you get the opportunity to to get on that show?
0: They kept asking me. They asked me three or four times, and I always said no. They asked me, they'd asked me the year before, I mm. think, maybe two years before, like really last minute. Because um, someone had dropped out, and I said, "No, don't fancy it." Mm. Because to me, that was always an admission that your career was over. And I was, I was, you know, I was working, I was mm. doing all right. And I also thought, well, it's a, it's a good thing to have in the the back pocket if ever I need it.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, 2017, I needed it. I need. I was getting divorced. I needed, you know, a big check so I could I could get a deposit for somewhere to live. Mm. Uh, I needed to promote my radio show because not many people were listening. I thought, right, well, I'll stand in front of 12 million people and yeah. tell them about it. And also, my kids had never really seen me on TV. They'd seen a couple of bits. They didn't know that that's what I used to do. And they were at the age when I thought, right, but they will appreciate seeing me on a big, you know, high-end entertainment um, show. So, uh, So that's why I did it. You know, I did it for the money and to show off to the kids and to promote the show. And I phoned my agent up and said, look, you know, they've asked me three or four times, can we go to them and see if that offer is still open? Yeah. And uh, he phoned them up and he came back and said, yeah, they'd like a meeting with oh, you. Nice. And that was it. I went and had a meeting and I kind of, you know, you've got to sell yourself in these meetings. And I said, well, I'm going to go in and I'll be quite controversial and I'll cause trouble and I'll be exciting and all of that. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Um, and they, they gave me the gig and it was the most intense, wonderful, horrific, Thing I've ever done in my life. It was amazing.
1: Brilliant. No, no regrets at all. Then.
0: Oh God, no, no, yeah. no, no regrets. Look, yeah. it gave me the deposit for a house. It gave me some of the deposit for a house. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I didn't get quite as much as some people might think, but I did very, very well out of it. Sure. And I got a lot of work off the back of it. Uh, the kids were thrilled. Yeah. You know, they, they absolutely loved it. They loved it. The fact that afterwards, when I came back, people would come up and ask for selfies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it promoted the radio show. So it did everything I wanted it to do. I made a couple of good friends out of it, out of Shappy and Jenny, Fizz yep. from Coronation Street. Um, it taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about other people. Mm. And um, uh, it, was, it was, you know, some of it was horrible. Some of the people weren't very nice, but overall, it was fun. Yeah, I had a great time.
1: Oh, brilliant. I, I enjoyed watching you on it, you have to say. <laughs> um I'm not sure if you be allowed to answer this, but is, is the I'm a celebrity exactly how it looks on TV or do you have to reshoot certain things? Or is it... Because I've heard sort of leaks about it's not quite as genuine as it looks on TV. I don't know if you're actually allowed to say, but is it I completely... You, I can tell you. It, it, it,
0: it's not
1: quite what it looks like on TV
0: because it... it, it tell, here's the thing. When you're in the camp, it, it, it's it's worse than it looks on TV because it's miserable and it's boring. It's <laughs> yeah. Really, but bo- you can have two or three days of doing nothing. Yeah. And the camp is quite small. No one comes into the camp. You're stuck there with people that you don't really get on with, mm. and it's boring and it's wet. It was really wet. It rained a lot. Mm. So that bit is genuine. Um, I mean, I, you don't get any extra food. Mm. We did. We did on the last morning. We got we got a bacon roll and a coffee. Okay. because it was going to be a long day and we probably weren't going to eat until that evening. So that was the only time they cheated with the food. Sure. Apart that, you, you didn't get any other food. Uh, there were no reshoots in the camp. Um, when you went out of the camp to go to the um, trials, the, the film crew weren't really allowed to talk to you Um and they weren't, you weren't allowed to know the time, so they had tape over their watches. So that became a game, trying to work out what the time was. Yep. You would walk for about 40 minutes to a Jeep. You'd get in the back of a blacked-out Jeep. You'd drive for half an hour to the trial. Then you'd have a towel over your head when you came out of the Jeep so you couldn't see where you were. Mm. And you walked another half an hour to the trial. Um reshoots, I don't really remember any reshoots, it's kind of the interviewee bits you might do again, Yeah. but none of the trials were done again, none of the stuff in the camp, as far as I remember, were done again, so it's pretty much how it looks on TV, I think.
1: Oh, fair enough. No, that's good to know, definitely. Um, I mean, did, obviously you must have missed your family a lot. Uh, did yeah. you miss technology, like having, having a phone or... No. Your, no? No, I, no! it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Well, I was in Australia for
0: 11 days before I went in. Mm. And as soon as I landed in Australia, I was, I was allowed to make one phone call. Then I had to give my phone and my computer up. And I was kept in lockdown in, in two different hotels. I wasn't allowed to leave the hotel. Yeah. They took the phone out of the room. They turned off the internet ca- capability on the TV. I loved it Yeah. I loved it first day I was twitchy from then on it was great because I'm addicted to Twitter and all of that stuff and it was good to do a detox you know it was good not being able to text people it was a couple of people I wanted to phone I wanted to phone the kids and and, and, you know stuff like that but no it was great and here's the thing obviously when we're all in the jungle we're all going hey this is great we haven't got Twitter when we come out I'm I'm really going to Reevaluate my life, and I'm going to use Twitter bollocks. You come out, and you're straight on the phone, and you're straight on Twitter, and straight on Facebook, and you go back to it immediately, which yeah. is terrifying. But no, didn't miss technology. That was that was one of the good things. Was doing a, 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 a technical detox. Good stuff. Did your
1: Twitter followers jump? Tight the time you left and came back from the jungle. Yeah, I think it doubled. I think wow. I had like maybe.
0: Thirty-five or forty-five thousand when I went in, and I came out, and I had over a hundred thousand. Love that. That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Instagram, I had, which I didn't use. Instagram, I had three hundred and eighty-five followers, and I came out and had fifty
1: thousand, which is, which is nuts. That's that is is nuts. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? Um, I know you said you did. You, it was good night and technology. But if you could bring in one console and one game to the jungle, imagine you have got electricity. Would, would is there any sort of game or console you'd bring?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, oh, I'd I'd, um, I'd take in a, a, a Game Boy Advance and probably have um, oh, what's the name of that game? Advance
1: Advance Wars. Is that oh, what it's called? That's a brilliant game.
0: I'd have that because because that will get you the first one. That that, that get you going for hours. That that's that's three weeks worth of
1: gaming straight in there. I love that game. It's such a great game, isn't it? I, just, yeah. I just, yeah, that's that's one of my favourite uh, Game Boy Advance games as well what, what a great yeah I love the answer actually I was thinking I've been it for years yeah. and I was reminded of it recently and it's like oh
0: shit I used to love that game yeah,
1: yeah that's what I'd take nice I was thinking, thinking like you know GoldenEye on the N64 like classic 4 player but you know no good answer Can't. I wouldn't want to play with those twats <laughs> fair enough I wouldn't
0: let Dennis Wise have a go on my Game Boy Advance
1: I think it'd be odd job wouldn't it can you imagine anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'd love to talk to. You. I mean you've, you've Radio. Let's talk about radio now. You've got a great show on um, Talk Radio. Is it called Late Night Alternative? That's right. It's Late right.
0: Night Alternative. It's me and my friend Catherine Boyle. Yep. It's every weeknight from 10 on uh, talkradio.co.uk or DAV or the app. And we call it that because everyone else is talking about Brexit and Farage right. and all of this stuff. And we don't. We go in and we mess around and we have a laugh. and. It got a little bit heavy recently, and we've kind of pulled back from the heaviness, and we're just doing, you know, last night we were doing yeah. uh, drunk eBay purchases, and have you ever been in someone's house without them knowing? Mm. And that's kind of the level, you know, it's just nonsense. We just mess around.
1: Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, I'm, I've heard a few episodes, they're really good fun, aren't they? And um, Yeah, do, do you go into each episode with things planned, or is it quite ad hoc, or how does it all work? We, we, we kind of have a couple of
0: notes of things that we we, we we might like to cover. But generally, it's just me and Kath messing around and riffing. Yeah. And we, you know, an idea will pop up as we're talking or a caller will call in, and they'll say something stupid and go, right, we're doing that. <laughs> and we'll kind of follow that thread a bit. So it's all very spontaneous. It's very, very silly. There's podcasts of it. Uh, 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 we do another podcast as well called The Rabbit Hole, which is yeah. – is like the similar show, but it's done in front of a live audience, and it is swearier. Um, but it's just, there's not enough silliness in the world. So we're, yeah. we're
1: trying to bring silliness to, to the radio. Oh, yeah. It's all politics it? on other shows, isn't it? it? just gets you down a bit sometimes. It's boring. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um You've worked in TV, you know, podcasting, radio. Have you got a preference out of, um, you know, the TV or, or, or radio? Which one do you prefer to I've, I've given up on TV now I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, unless you know
0: if I get offered TV work now which is very irregular I, it's like how much is it and, and how long is it going to take I don't really care but my, my career in TV is over I had a nice little burst of it after The Jungle you know doing some Good Morning Britain and Loose Women and a lot of these big sure. shows Uh, And if they ask me back, yeah, you know, what does it pay? But I'm not really chasing it. Radio for me is is a purer Mm. art form if you want to, you know, disappear up the arse a little bit. It is more spontaneous. It's more immediate. And I think I'm better at it
1: than I am at TV. Fair enough. Uh, Yeah, good answer. So it's what you you prefer. You've got to do what you love really, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to, you know, bring the mood down because you said, you know, your show is all about being silly, having fun, but... Yeah, you you made some big news, um, national news. You might have even gone to other countries that you you helped. I would say you did help save the life of uh, of a list of a caller uh, quite recently. I mean, it's quite a, a shocking story, really. But
0: oh yeah, it did go worldwide. I was doing interviews with America and yeah. New Zealand. Isn't it funny? It's one of those things that just kind of caught the thing. Yeah, we talk about mental health on the show. And, um, you know, I share my kind of experiences with it and other people do. And then just before Christmas, we had a guy phoned up called Chris who um, had taken an overdose. And he was out in a street somewhere in Plymouth and he didn't know where. And he was uh, he was dying, and yeah. uh, I kept him on the line for as long as I could. I got him to describe where he was and what he could see, and we worked out we worked out exactly where he was. People yeah. were phoning in, going, "I think I know where that is." And Catherine, the producer, was on the phone to nine nine nine, and I just kept him talking, you know. Yeah. And um, there was ten minutes in. The, he was on for about forty minutes. There was ten minutes when he stopped speaking. I thought, oh, "Shit, he's dead." Oh. And, I, you know, I didn't know what to say, so I ended up asking him what his favourite Die Hard movie was, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And eventually the ambulance turned up and they took the phone and said, we found him, thanks very much, we'll take over from here. And um, they saved his life. They saved his life. You know, I, yeah. I did speak to him afterwards. He did go to intensive care. He was in there for a few days. He did stop breathing, I think. He was on a life support machine. They brought him round. And... Um, I, I you know I did I save his life I don't know I you know the the ambulance did as far as I'm concerned I just just made sure he was found and yeah. that there was someone shouting in his ear so uh yeah it, it was it was literally it was
1: front page of the daily star can not believe it <laughs> I mean uh, it's a, it's an incredible story I mean how did, could you describe your feelings during the call and after the call was it adrenaline was it terrifying I, I, I sat it was it was i burst into tears yeah because it was so stressful because i thought he died yeah yeah and it's
0: horrible it was horrible hearing another human being at their lowest yeah. point you know at their lowest point it was humbling that they'd called me um yeah, yeah it was it was incredible it was incredible and that's the power of radio that's yeah. the power of doing a late night sports uh, sports. sorry I just read the word sports on my screen it's not sports at all there is no sports <laughs> yeah. whatsoever of doing a late night funding show yeah. you, you, you hear vulnerability that you won't get anywhere else
1: well Ian I, I do commend you a lot you know because you. you know it, it, mental health is something we need to talk about more and I'm glad it is getting a bit more uh, sort of media attention Recently, because it's just we, you know, we live in a stressful world, don't we? So we got gotta oh, laugh no, for I'm each other. About it.
0: 420 quid for a wing mirror.
1: If <laughs> yeah, tell me. That's <laughs> yeah. oh man. I mean, talking back to gaming now. I mean, you, you said you got back into retro gaming. Now you still obviously play modern games. Why? What was your massive draw initially? What was your sort of clicking points that I really miss playing this game? Or well, why?
0: I took my boys to like a retro gaming market in London. Yeah. Is it earlier this year, or maybe like uh, earlier this year, maybe I don't know when it was. Maybe it was late last year. I can't remember. Um, so I just thought it would be fun for them to go and have a look, and I didn't know if they'd love it or if they'd be bored yeah. or whatever. And they did love it, and they bought a Game Boy Advance and they bought a PS2, and which they played for a bit. Uh, They've gone back to their Xbox, but they they did enjoy it. They enjoyed seeing all this stuff, all these old consoles, and you yeah. know, prompted a lot of conversation. I like, go, oh, I remember that. I had one of those when I was twelve. Blah 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 blah. But also, it got me horny, man. It got me really <laughs> horny. And I just felt, oh, this is, uh, you know, they just look beautiful. They, they, they kept looking at Dreamcasts. I was going to buy a Dreamcast, but they were too expensive. Yeah. And I came back, and it just, I just, just kept itching and itching yeah. and itching. And, um, and I did, I, I bought a Dreamcast on, uh, on from Computer Exchange for 50 quid, or whatever it was. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? So, so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. This is my life, um, uh, and I just bought a Dreamcast, and then that wasn't enough. And so then I bought something else, and then I bought a BBC Micro that had been modded, so you can fit a USB in it. And um, I just kept growing, and now it's like now it's become a, a lovely, wonderful hobby that I'm getting a lot of pleasure from.
1: Mm. Yeah, good. No, it doesn't harm anyone, does it? I love I love collecting games. Definitely, it's so much yeah. fun, isn't it?
0: It's fun, I mean, I'm spending way too much and I kind of need to slow down a
1: little bit, but uh, yeah, it's fun. I I 100% agree with that, definitely. Um, Do you have a personal favourite console uh, and and games that you you love the most and mean the most most to you, really?
0: Um, uh, uh, Here's the thing, I think the the best console of all time is the PS4. You know, it's it's an incredible machine, it does everything. I don't like all this download uh, content and... Micro-purchase, all of that, micro-transactions. I hate all of that. But the PS4 is an amazing machine. Right. That's one side. My, my favourite console is the Dreamcast. Yeah, I yeah. I think is, you know, it looks beautiful. The games are stunning. Jet Set Radio looks as fresh today as it did 20 years ago. Um, uh, Sonic Adventure is great, although the camera is shonky as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but my favourite game of all time is Elite on the BBC Micro. That, to me... <laughs> yeah. How they crammed ten thousand different planets yeah. into thirty-two K, I, I, I just do not understand. It, absolutely amazing. That is that is everything for me.
1: It's a great game. I still remember playing that, I think, of the Amiga. It's yeah. It's absolutely an incredible game, isn't it, really? Yeah, stunning. I have to agree with that. Um Yeah, I mean Do you have a lot of time to play games? You're on Twitch quite a lot. I suppose that's your your chance to play then. I know you're you're a busy radio presenter. but
0: I'm not not busy at all. The show is three hours and it takes precisely five minutes to prep and I don't do anything in the days.
1: I've got
0: got a load of time to play. And and what is great about doing it on Twitch is it kind of focuses me to try different consoles, to try different games, to go, oh, look, I've just got sent this. Let's give this a go. Um, And... Uh, yeah, I, I, so I do play quite a bit. I do stream most of it. Although I've just got this um, ex- original Xbox delivered today that's been modded, and I'm probably going to give that a go in private and just see what it can do. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I love getting lost. The, the problem I've got now is choice. It's, I've got two, I, You know, I probably with all these different consoles and all these mods and all these Raspberry Pis and all this, I've probably got thirty five thousand games. Yeah. You know, on different hard drives and things. So I've got too much to choose from and that's the problem is, is having too much to choose from but if I'm doing it on Twitch it will focus me mm. and it means I will try different things
1: yeah no definitely I agree I, I actually agree I've got a retro pie <laughs> you just keep flitting around different games you never really properly focus sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree that's why when we do our podcast it makes you focus on a particular game sometimes so brilliant yeah, yeah. Um, have you got any exciting new projects or shows you can share with our listeners or
0: well, yeah i've got bits and pieces i mean the radio show is the main thing again it's on yeah. talkradio.co.uk and you can uh uh listen online or dab or through the app there's the rabbit hole podcast look on itunes or acast or wherever you get your podcasts from uh, you can get it there uh, one cool retro thing is i've just after years of, of being away I've, I've been invited back to write a monthly column for Retro Gamer magazine, which I'm oh, thrilled about because yeah. it's a, a wonderful magazine. The team that do it are, 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 are just gods as far as I'm concerned. And I used to love writing for it and I had to stop because of just work and I sort of run out of inspiration for it, mm. um, but I'm back. And I think I'm either going to be in the July or the August issue, uh, it starts again. So I'm doing that. Nice. And I, 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 me mean Catherine, we kind of tore the rabbit hole going back to that all over the country. If you want to know where we're coming, if you go to ianlee.com slash event, ianlee.com slash event, and you can see a list of all our tour dates.
1: Nice. Nice one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, man, that's brilliant. Um, I mean, I've been, like I said, I'm, I don't want to gush all I've been a fan for many, many years. It's great to see you, um, you doing really well. And I really appreciate your time, honestly. It means a lot to me. Um Got one final question. It's a bit of a weird yeah. question, but no. if you if you could share a few drinks with any video game character, who would you choose and why?
0: Oh man,
1: alive! <laughs> I've asked many people this. I think uh, Lara Croft is easy the, <laughs> the biggest answer, but um,
0: let me think. Who? I'd be the dude that flies the Defender
1: spaceship. Yes,
0: I'd want to hang out with him because what a life! What life? Just, I mean what, what a risk That's like a proper Evil Real life evil Knievel You know Flying around galaxies Skimming Just over the surface Destroying aliens Rescuing humans This is This is That is a true life hero So yeah The dude Or lady <laughs> That flies the defender Spaceship That's who I'd go out And have
1: a nice Chamomile tea with Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe something stronger Maybe Because it'd be quite A stressful journey But <laughs> Yeah Yeah Oh, Ian man thank you so much um, I really wish you all the luck in the rest of your career oh, obviously thank you man
0: thank you for asking me on it's an absolute thrill I really appreciate it
1: well, honestly the pleasure was all mine so guys that, that's it Ian Lee um, please check out his Twitch channel check out his radio show and um, hopefully we'll chat again one day soon Ian yeah yeah definitely man anytime just just ask me I'm here nice one alright see you later bye
0: thanks for listening to today's podcast we really hope you enjoyed it If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at ArcadeAttackUK, at KeithBarlow82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ArcadeAttackUK. Please check out our website at ArcadeAttack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10s, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there.